The Bible has two books that talks about the last days. On this episode, we're going to look at the book of Daniel and some ancient secrets on how to survive, how to endure the last days. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome to Inverse, everyone. We're on a special episode about the book of Daniel. So to look at the book of Daniel, you'll need the book of Daniel. So get it on your phones or on your books and open it to chapter 1. And we're going to read from a couple verses here and there. But before we get started, we're going to have a word from, uh, let's see, Israel. You're going to pray for us. And we'll just get jumping let's into the text. Yep. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word and that it gives us concepts, ideas, and instruction on how to survive the days that we are living in today. Please bless our conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Special, can you read Daniel chapter 2, verse 47? 2, verse 47. And we'll back up to chapter 1, but 247. Absolutely. The Bible says, The king answered Daniel and said, Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret. Okay, guys, this, uh, this episode, we're going to look at different chapters all throughout about Daniel. So we're not going to go super deep into each chapter, but kind of fly over and be like, ooh, there's a little, there's like Africa and Asia. And we're, <laughs> In we're Daniel? flying really, 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 <laughs> really high. far. Really far. Uh, but let's start from <laughs> chapter one, and we'll go to chapter two afterwards of the verse that you just read. But chapter one, Callie, like, can you kind of give us a synopsis? What's going on in chapter one? Yeah, so Daniel one isn't even, we're not going in deep into the symbols yet. It's mm-hmm. just the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, he's from Babylon, comes to Jerusalem. Big king dude. Big king dude. Bad, bad guy. Bad, bad guy. Yes. Israel good, Babylon bad. Got it. So Nebuchadnezzar comes <laughs> and he takes a bunch of things, uh, including articles from the treasure house, but our focus is he takes people. Uh-huh. Um, so that's like Daniel and his friends that we uh-huh. know later. So uh-huh. they're taking them back to Babylon and then he's like, serve me and give me counsel. And things like that. Uh-huh. With, with that, with that tone. <laughs> yeah, yes. With that exact no, it's a really tone. good story, and it's to to many of us it's familiar, but to some of us it might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, let's like look at it a little bit more in depth. From chapter one, what are some some principles, some little key things we can tease out that uh, tie back to the last days? The context is that you have the children of Israel who were designed by God to be kind of like a light to the community, and they weren't doing their job properly, so. God had to intervene in that situation. And and the lesson for us is that God has a will and a plan that he wants to accomplish it. We're a part of that. Mm -hmm. And he's going to use that sometimes in positive ways. And if we're not successful there, then the captivity comes along and and he uses it. Okay, so I'm a a child of God also. And God has a special role for me, a plan, a purpose. Mm -hmm. To reveal his character, his will, his love to the surrounding nations. That's what the nation of Israel was designed to do. Okay. It didn't do that, and instead, it you know it apostatized. It 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 was contrary. It was living its life contrary to what God had intended for it to do. And okay, you know, so I got to be a Jesus person to everyone in the community, and mm-hmm. I didn't do that. So Sebastian. So as a result, you see that God allows them to suffer defeat. You know, and they're not being that light. They're not fulfilling that purpose. But I would even argue 
that because you weren't fulfilling it in times of peace, God brought them into Babylon through the kidnapping of these people so that they could be a light in Babylon. Okay. In a way that they so weren't. Let's bring that to, to last days, okay? So I know there's a lot of themes going on. It can get really mm-hmm. super uber complex. But let's let's <laughs> let's let's distill. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. <laughs> well, I think. Uh, what's what's Babylon? Let's, chapter one. How does it link to last? Days. Well, I think the first thing you realize is that in the last days, we have to acknowledge that, as Callie read, with the taking of the vessels, right, this is not just a physical nation versus nation. There's a spiritual battle that's going on. And I think in the last days, that has to be very central to how we view every experience that we're going through in these last days, which is to recognize that the choices that we make and other people make are not just people versus people, nation versus nation, but that there are spiritual forces at work and at play. I'll, I'll, I'll put you to the test here, literally, in chapter one. Uh-huh. So, in diet, chapter one is talking about diet. Absolutely. Will there be a dietary test in the last eight? <laughs> or is the principle to be broadened? And uh-huh. Is there going to be a dress test? Is there going to be a stress test? Is there going to why am I rhyming? The stress uh, what, whatever, rhyme, whatever these things rhyme, are. Going I mean, what, what, what's, what's the principle we're getting here? So, yeah, character and all this stuff. And that, but we find that all throughout the book of Daniel, uh-huh. what's chapter one's contribution in, in understanding this? Callie, you're going to well, bail him out. I'm not on the same line oh, as Sebastian. Agree with him. So okay. I just, or let him fry I just you have a great okay. point, but I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Bring it out. Bring out well, the Daniel principle. Well, Daniel 1 verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the things given by God. Yes. Therefore he, or by the king, rather. Therefore he requested of the chief something else that he would not defile himself. Yes. Callie's version of that verse. Okay. But basically this idea that before the test even comes of Mm -hmm. this is what you have to do, Daniel purposed in his heart to be true to God. So because he purposed in his heart, because he had this mentality ahead of time, therefore he requested. Therefore Mm -hmm. he said he made these dietary um, requests. Mm -hmm. Can I eat this instead of that because it's not honoring God? So for me, this idea of going to the end times of having already purposed in our hearts to obey God, to honor him in our dress, in our stress, in our diet or whatever else. (laughs) In our mess. uh, In our mess. Amen. That's a good one. That's good. (laughs) So having that, that purpose ahead of time instead of being like, oh yeah, I'll get my life together, you know, when the end times come. So it's not not about the what's going to happen and how am I going to perform. It's before that actually happens yeah. and making that decision and committing to God. Because then you already know. Yeah. Okay. You know what the decision's going to be. Okay. And I mean, okay. I would even. Especially have some time to think about the question. Yeah. And, and, I, <laughs> and I would even argue that you know building that that concept here in Daniel chapter one verse eight where it says he purposed in his heart. Yes. Right. That word even in the original language suggests that he made a decision without stress. Mm-hmm. Right. So that because he had already made this decision in his heart before the crisis came, it wasn't a stressful situation. It wasn't a moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. And I think in the last days, as things escalate, we're going to feel like we're in a moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. We're going to feel like, man, this is two hard choices. Mm-hmm. But for Daniel, he did not stop to weigh the consequences. And I think this is one of the greatest insights that Daniel 1 gives to us is that as a Christian in the last days, I can't stop to base my decisions on what will the consequences be if I make this choice versus that. It has to be what is God commanding me to do? What is the biblical principle? Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. You may be wondering in the back of your mind, is it even the, really the last days? We're going to look at t- chapter 2, where actually is a timeline from Babylon all the way up to contemporary times, and some of the principles that we find in chapter 1, how to apply in chapter 2. If you guys are wondering about last days and have other questions or feedback, find our websites, our, our social media platforms on Inverse Media, uh, Inverse, uh, uh, what Facebook? is it? Facebook, Facebook. Facebook. and, and, and 
and Instagram and YouTube and all these things. Stick around. We'll get to Daniel chapter 2 after this. Hey, welcome back. We're going to go back to Daniel chapter 2 and go to Israel. What's going on in Daniel chapter 2? Give us an overview, maybe a little bit, not so high off the ground, but a little bit over, square a, feet. over uh, Nebraska here. Okay, all right. Give us what's going we on. Have, we have, Daniel has been taken captive with the children of Israel. Yep. And under this context, as he's serving King Nebuchadnezzar, the king has a dream. Mm-hmm. He has this dream that he can't remember, and because of this situation, this dream that he's got, that he can't remember, everything goes crazy, the whole kingdom goes crazy, and this is where Daniel emerges, and he begins to tell the king his dream of this great image that he saw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's this, uh, we call it the metal man, yeah? We have gold, and then we have silver, uh, silver, and then we have bronze, bronze and then we have iron, iron and then <laughs> audium clay, and then at the end. So uh, really, in a timeline of things, if we start from Babylon all the way to now current-day Europe, we're like on the the toenails of time. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, what's the next thing that happens according to Daniel chapter 2? Well, after that, uh, Daniel says that there's a rock that is cut out of a mountain without hands, right? Yeah. Which suggests no human assistance. Mm-hmm. And then this rock smashes the image on the feet and basically crushes all of the, the metals together. Mm-hmm. And then that rock grows to become an in- enormous mountain. Um, which Daniel eventually interprets as setting God, the God of heaven will set up his own kingdom mm. and then that will basically grow to consume the whole earth. I, I love that. I mean, it says none of the remains of the, the previous metals mm-hmm. will, will, will be around. I mean, it's right. completely obliterated. That's right. Um, so what, what, what does that reveal about the last days? I mean, that uh, one, chapter one, it's giving us the character that mm-hmm. we need. Uh, chapter two is maybe giving us the reality of what will happen. What is a composite picture that's happening here in Daniel? There are two realities. The reality that we kind of see now, mm-hmm. and, and this is King Nebuchadnezzar's reality. He's, mm-hmm. He views himself, he's the head of gold, so he's, that's what he is able to see, hear, taste, smell. Mm-hmm. And from his perspective, he's looking at a powerful kingdom that he's in control of, not knowing that behind the scenes there's also a separate reality. That's the reality of God. And at some point in the last days, these two realities come clashing together. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that heaven doesn't exist until, you know, the, the, the feet of iron and clay. God's reality it's has always, always been, yeah, it has always been there, it. but and it's I, just we can't see it. And you know, there's something profound in what you're saying, because the idea that we think that Babylon ascended into power, or Medo-Persia after them ascended into powder, power through uh, the caprice of men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not powder, power. <laughs> and but you to to have that reality that God is behind this, guiding it towards His ultimate aim of setting up His kingdom, gives us encouragement on a practical level because we may be at our work, we may be at school, and be like, well, this person got the promotion, or this thing didn't work out with this project I wanted to execute on, and we may be thinking, man, this person just has complete autonomy over the events of life. But even Nebuchadnezzar as a king Mm. is reminded that God is the one 
that has complete autonomy over mm -hmm. this. I love and this that he's guiding that. Alternative reality that we need to be mindful of mm -hmm. and that there's ultimately in this alternative alter, alternate reality mm -hmm. someone in charge and that's not us. That's right. And, uh, and no it's matter not, how much it's we not think us we are. Or, or or the king, King mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar. Even the right. powerful people of this mm -hmm. this earth. Okay, yeah. let's go to Daniel chapter 3, okay? Before we, before are, we go into that, if I can yeah. say something real quick. Okay. The you know, the the Daniel 2, Daniel 1 story tells us of the fact that God is a God of love, a God of wisdom, a God of power. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's trying to communicate both to King Nebuchadnezzar and to Daniel of this very reality that he's a God of all loving, all wise, all powerful. Mm -hmm. Now to King Nebuchadnezzar, it can seem like that's not true because I'm, I'm the all powerful one, not you. And to, to Daniel, it might seem like you're not all powerful because look at my situation. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think when you distill the issue of the end times, it comes down to this. Do you believe under all circumstances in the character of God, that he is all loving, all powerful and all wise, despite what the, the surrounding circumstances or reality seem to tell you? And I think it's important for us to draw this out yeah. as we talk about the end times. This is the bottom line end time message. Yes. Who is God? Yeah. And how much do you believe it? Yeah, I, I love that emphasis because a lot of times last day of events emphasis is on, on the, the, the events, image, it's yeah. the crisis, fear, not Christ. it's on yeah. all these things and how am I yeah. going to survive this? <laughs> so in many ways we have the knowledge of Daniel 2, but we don't have the character of Daniel 1 and we think we're in charge. So we become these Nebuchadnezzars. Yes, in a very, it's right. A, it's a, it's, and you need, you need the character before you hit the crisis. You know, mm -hmm. you need the character before you get the message. God is interested in the person more than he's interested in the situations that the people are going to be yeah. finding the people are, or the person is going to find himself or herself in and I think that's why it's it's not just by coincidence that we have Daniel 1 the man that has committed himself purposed himself to be a follower of God no matter what happens mm -hmm. and I think this is really what pushes us into Daniel chapter 3 you know, ultimately is the fact that... The two come to a clashing point. Yes, that's right. And now yes. you're seeing these people where he sets up an image, perverts what God revealed for his own purposes, and as he sets up this image and compels everyone to bow down to that image, the question is, well, in Daniel 1, God delivered them, right? He gave them the food that they wanted, et cetera, et cetera, so he didn't have to defile himself. In Daniel 3, we find that not only God being in charge, it means he can deliver me and use me, to be a light in Nebuchadnezzar's palace, but Daniel 3 says he can deliver me in the fire. Mm -hmm. So sometimes God is not gonna save you from the situation. He's not gonna save you from the apparent earthly consequences, mm -hmm. but he's gonna deliver you in the consequences mm -hmm. and walk through those consequences with you. And I think that's the profundity that builds as the book of Daniel goes further and further on. You see God showing himself in these very creative mm -hmm. and powerful ways in the lives of those who worship him. Okay, Sebastian, you're talking about fire, and, and we haven't really read the text here, but mm -hmm. for those of us who understand and are familiar, we, we, we're, we're tracking with you. Mm -hmm. Callie, help us rewind a bit back here. What's happening in chapter 3? What is this fire that Sebastian is yes. referencing? <laughs> so. What is going on where now Two is is going. <laughs> one and two are clashing in three. Yes. So Daniel two, we have this metal man where only the head is gold. Yes. But Daniel three, Nebuchadnezzar's like, I would prefer a whole body of gold. I'd like the idea of an eternal kingdom. Symbol. Yeah. Symbolizing like, yes. hey, All I'm me. forever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. forever instead. Yes. So he sets mm. this up, and then he commands everyone to bow down to it and worship it. Yes. Uh, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are like, no, thank you. Okay. Three cool guys with weird names. 
Daniel's friends. Yes. Daniel's, Daniel's friends. friends. Yes. Yes. Daniel's friends. They say no. Yeah, they say no. Thank so, you. So, like, all of the Empire <laughs> bows down. down. And they say no. I mean, I would have been like, ooh, a penny, and, like, you know, just pick it up. My shoelaces. <laughs> but, but no, they, so, they stand up. Yeah, they even come to the king, and the king's like, what are you doing? They're like, we're not going to do that. He's like, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. And they're like, I like we appreciate you a lot. that. Yeah. But even if you give us another chance, we're not going to do it. Yeah. And so, but he said beforehand, if you don't bow down, I'm going to put you into the fire. So that's the fire that Sebastian's talking about. Yeah, okay. I think we're caught up now. We're caught up now. <laughs> so now we can get into it. Well, hold that thought. We're going to come back after the break. And after, after uh, whatever you're going to see commercial, we're going to get into the actual life or death situation of Daniel's three friends. Stick around. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, we're continuing our flight through the book of Daniel. We looked at Daniel chapter 1, the character of someone who needs to survive the last days, if you will. Chapter 2, what will actually happen in the last days. Chapter 3, uh, fire that, that Sebastian was talking <laughs> fire. about. Fire in the last fire, days. Fire in the last days. I feel like that's um, something. Yeah, so you're, you're mentioning, you gave us a great synopsis. Thanks. And then um, there, there's these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there's this one passage. I just love what they say, like, even if we die... Yes, We're verse 18. We're still going to yeah, extra, extrapolate and explain and wrap that up for us. Verse well, if, I could, if I could just read verses 17 and 18. Sure, please do. Um, so they're talking to Nebuchadnezzar. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse mm-hmm. 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you've set up. Mm-hmm. So they have both sides of it. They have this utmost confidence in God. God is able to deliver us from you, O king. Mm-hmm. Even though you think you're in charge, you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our God is actually in charge. I love how they give respect to him, like, O yeah. king, but you're nothing compared to our God. <laughs> yeah, O king. There's God it. above you. Respectful <laughs> humility. Respectful. Yeah, yeah so cool. they say that, like, God is able to take us out of your hand. He can deliver us from the fire. He can do all these things. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to do these things for you. Even if God sees for a different reason for us to even perish doing this, our our decisions are not based on the consequences like what Sebastian was saying. Yeah, really, really pure faith there. Yeah. yeah, yeah unba- unbased on any consequences. Yeah. It's just based on the relationship with God. It's not yes. I trust God to do what I want. It's I trust God. Full stop. Mm. To do what he wants. Yeah. Right? Say that one more time. I think that's that's tweetable. Say that. <laughs> I trust. I trust. I don't. It's not. I trust God to do what I want. Uh-huh. It's I trust God. Uh-huh. Full stop. Full stop. Full stop. The, 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 the British. British, yeah. British, okay. British, British I caught that. Period. Period. All right, let's go to Daniel 6. And there are parallels between Daniel 3 and 6. And some of you are freaking out like, dude, what about 4 and 5? We'll read it and you'll understand why we're skipping over 4 and 5. It's just as important. It focuses on Nebuchadnezzar and some other bacterial stuff. But 3 and three and 6 kind of parallel each other. What, yeah. What's the similarities between 3 and 6? And how do, we, how do we bridge that to the last days again? Sebastian, your, your eyes are like, I want to tell well, Yes. Um, So with Daniel chapter 6, we find that now it's not Daniel's friends, it's Daniel himself. Mm. 
And he has this relationship with Darius where the Medo-Persian kingdom has conquered Babylon. So this is a completely different kingdom, mm -hmm. completely different group of people. But a circumstance is brought about where a law is encouraged for the king to sign mm -hmm. that basically says you can pray to no one else mm -hmm. except the king, which was to establish his deity, right? That he was God. Both are religious tests, religious impositions, yes. and removal of religious liberty. Yes. And basically telling them that you'll be punished by a, you know, a fatal consequence if you don't comply. Death. Right, death. Yes, fatal consequence. And so, <laughs> so when you're when you're looking at Daniel six and Daniel three, we find in each situation there was an unabashed willingness to continue to worship God, mm -hmm. despite right. So in Daniel three, you find a refusal to worship a false revelation of what God has said. Versus in Daniel six, it was continue to worship the true God, even though there were consequences facing you. Mm -hmm. And I think those reveal in the last days that. We not only will find persecution because we refuse to comply with something that's erroneous and not biblical, but also because we actively pursue to do his will. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we think it's all about being a pure Christian is keeping out evil, but sometimes pursuing good will also lead to persecution I love as well. that's an active faith rather yeah. than just kind of a passive, reactive, yeah, reactive faith. Yes. And the fact that it's both that we have to maintain. Yeah, ourselves. absolutely. Israel? I think when you look at the the combination or you look at the, the bigger picture of what happens in, in uh, Daniel chapter 6 mm -hmm. and Daniel chapter 3, the conclusion that, uh, that surfaces for me is the fact that everything rests upon one thing, mm -hmm. and that is knowing God. Do we know God for him to be who he claims to be? Upon this and this only does the faith of Daniel and his friends rest. You have the King Nebuchadnezzar who is saying like, look, if if I make that furnace seven times hotter, who, which God is going to be able to deliver you from this? Now, we right. have to understand this. He's not talking, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is not atheist because just, you know, prior to that, he's acknowledging the great God of, of Daniel, who was the God of gods and so mm -hmm. forth. So he has some type of a knowledge of God, but he doesn't really have a knowledge of God. And I think that this is the, the situation that we as Christians live in. We have a knowledge of God without knowing God. So this is a message to people who kind of know about God, who maybe think they even have a relationship relationship with God, yeah. but their faith and their commitment isn't all the way, it's not hardcore, and that it's a test yeah. that actually reveals some of these things mm -hmm. that's happening in their hearts. Yeah. Now, now the, the, uh, the, the three Hebrew boys, they know God because they said, our God is able. Evil. This is mm -hmm. an understanding of the quality, the type of God that they, that they, so they know God and they say, and even if he doesn't, it's not an issue of whether he's able or not, it's whether he will or not. Mm -hmm. And so even if he doesn't, we still will not serve you because we know mm. who our God is. Mm -hmm. Kelly. And so it brings up a great point too about this idea that Nebuchadnezzar knew about God because he just talked about him, he acknowledged mm -hmm. him, he built, a, he built an entire idol because of his dream from him, mm -hmm. but he's picking and choosing what he believes. So I'll take this idea of a kingdom but I'll make it all gold. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we should worship you, but we should really worship me. Mm -hmm. And I think this relates to the end times because as you guys are saying, like we can say, yes, I believe God and I'll trust him, but only in these areas. Mm -hmm. But we are either entirely God's or not his at all. Mm -hmm. And so in the end times, especially, we have to be pervasive Christians and allow Jesus to come into every aspect of our life. Yeah. Otherwise, we end up like Nebuchadnezzar, where I like this idea. Thanks for the dream. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to take anything else. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, see this in, we'll see this in Revelation yeah. 13, that this, this test comes to all Christians in the last days, this religious liberty mm -hmm. test. What I love about these three stories and in Revelation 13, in uh, Daniel 3 and Daniel 6, is these guys actually said, we are safer in the midst of the test mm. than out here. 
Mm-hmm. You're like, I'd rather be in the fire. I'd rather be in the lion's <laughs> den because that's a safer place than out here with all these other guys trying to kill us. It's yes. True. Yeah. And so that just shows you the level of faith that they had mm-hmm. and that they had nothing to fear, which gives us impetus for us in the, in the, in the last days that, mm-hmm. hey, when the, should a test come or should it not? In Jesus, we are safer regardless of yeah. where it is. Amen. Sebastian, what are you going to say? And I think taking that that feeling of Jesus among other gods, right? As Nebuchadnezzar recognized there's other gods, but he's the God of gods. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he delivered Daniel from being persecuted in revealing the dream, right? Now he delivered the Hebrew boys. Now Daniel is here with another king in another situation. And we come back to this um, song that, you know, my wife loves to sing that basically says God is too wise to be mistaken and God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, you don't see his plan and you can't trace his hand, you trust his heart. And I think going off of Israel's point is, why can you say our God is able to deliver us and eventually he will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, why? Because they trust God to the point that they trust his plan. And if a part of his plan is for me to go through this fire, and if it's gonna lead Nebuchadnezzar to come to the truth and to accept that God is the God of all gods, Mm -hmm. then it's worth for me to go through the fire if that's gonna make that revelation. On that note, I I really am, my heart's been on fire in a sense that I want this kind of faith. Amen. Uh, how many of you want that kind of faith? I hope that's your prayer request, that's mine, that in these last days, whether it's tomorrow or in a couple years or a hundred years, that we have the faith of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.